I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Alessandra. And this is Smooth Cooperators, a Belfast Community Co-op program. We are here to talk to you about cooperatives and particularly the Belfast Community Co-op. Today we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves. We're going to discuss the cooperative business model, give you an overview of cooperative principles and values, as well as a little history of our co-op and a little bit about our current affairs. Alessandra, why don't you tell me about how you came to the co-op and what it means to you? Well, way back in 2011, I moved to Belfast and immediately started to shop at the co-op because I was looking for local food, organic food, and whole foods, and I could buy in bulk there, which was really attractive to me. I had a bunch of kids to feed, and I you know, wanted to be able to feed them a simple but wholesome diet. And I met a couple people and realized that if you worked at the co-op that there were some perks, including getting some discounts on your food. And I thought for a young family, that'd be a really good choice. So I applied to work there and they ended up hiring somebody else. And I was disappointed, but I was like, well, it just wasn't meant to be and kind of continued on with my life. But the longer that I lived here and the longer that I shopped there, I realized that I was really drawn to the cooperative business model, to the community-mindedness. And so in 2011, I applied again. Same year. Same year. Oh, did I move here in 2010? I think so. I moved here in 2010, audience, people. Late 2010. Late 2010. And applied again, and applied in 2010, applied again in 2011. And I remember going to the front desk and asking for an application and going home and photocopying it 10 times. And when I brought it back, I brought it to the customer service manager and I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to drop this off once a week for 10 weeks until you hire me. And I was indeed hired later that (laughs) month. And I was a cashier. I worked a closing shift, which was so fun. We called ourselves the A-team and we just loved talking to our customers loved counting our drawers and keeping the store clean and it was a really excellent time to be introduced to the community i got to talk to people who were community members and get to know them and i got to know the people who i worked with really well i mean the person who trained me to be a cashier is the one and only doug johnson who is now the general manager of the belfast community co-op so i do feel like i got some pretty good training in So then I worked at the co-op pretty consistently uh, until 2014. And then in 2014, I ran for the board of directors, and I was elected. And at some point in time, the workload became a lot, uh, being a full-time mom, being a part-time cashier, and a part-time board member, and I chose being a board member. So I left. I think you were also pregnant at the time. Well, Walter was born in 2012. So I took a break. Yep. Sorry, my timeline's yeah, off. But I had a, I had a tiny baby <laughs> uh, during all those things. So I decided that the, um, the work on the board of directors was really formative for the store and really interesting. I was really drawn to just well, all the concepts of governance. That was the time when the board was considering adopting policy governance. Yeah, we had And not you got yet. to be on the ground floor of that. Yeah. And it was explained in a really interesting way. And seeing how the board meetings worked at that time, I could see the change. I could see the updates from changing to a governance model that wasn't really named and didn't really have a structure to a governance model that was defined. 
and we had our meetings in the basement of the Waterfall Arts Building, which is where we're recording this program now, which is exciting for me. So then I was on the board for six years, and during that time, I helped uh, hire a new general manager. I was the board president for a little while, and I was able to take advantage of a lot of training opportunities through what is now called Columinate, which is a cooperative consulting business. Then I left the board in February of 2020 after serving two full terms. Um, and I didn't know at the time that what would be happening was COVID. My last board meeting was a virtual board meeting. And then I, then I left. And I, I didn't have anything to do with the co-op for a couple of months. And finally, it was clear that I needed to stop going to school and start working again. And the only place that I wanted to work in town was the Belfast Community Co-op because of the cooperative business model, because it gives back to the community. And I started back as a cashier and then became a floor manager. And now I'm the outreach coordinator. Congratulations. And I work in the marketing department. It's a and pretty great fit. This is a little bit of outreach that we're doing here on this program. I'm really enjoying it. Emily, what, what's your history with the co-op? Oh, my history with the co-op actually goes back a little bit further, mostly because when I graduated college, I wanted to do something that, hmm, well, I was young and idealistic, so I wanted to save the world. And how do you do that? But local foods. I just thought that was the key. And I thought farming was going to be my life. My spine told me it wasn't. And Your and actual I, literal spine. My actual literal back said, I don't think that's going to happen for you. But I ended up moving to Colorado for about a year and a half where I worked at a natural food store, not a cooperative, but I gained a lot of knowledge about health food and food systems. And I came back here to the Belfast area in 2008, and I actually applied at the co-op and did not get a job. <laughs> I guess we both have that in common. <laughs> I guess. So then I tried to do other things, like I worked at Johnny's for a little bit, and I loved, again, local food systems. I was very into it. Had a baby, needed a job that wasn't particularly farm-based in many regards, and my dear friend had just recently moved into the area, and I kept visiting her and loved the co-op. It fit with my ideals for shopping local and keeping my money local, which was incredibly important to me. Actually, I did not understand the cooperative business model, but I knew that I wanted to support local economy. And that was my driving force behind applying at the co-op again, as well as the fact that I had a really good friend. <clears throat> it was you who was in Belfast. So I actually got hired in 2011 in the fall and I have literally been at the co-op ever since. I started as a cashier, I moved on to a floor manager, I started working in what was called the membership department, um, now it's owner services, and I also, and I still do that, and I also am the administrative assistant for the board of directors, and I have been since 2015, so I have seen the board evolve with policy governance, which has been really, really lovely. I got to be part of the GM um, search team, so 
I got to see that whole process. And I've been in almost every board meeting since then and really learning how a cooperative works and really the inner workings of our cooperative. And I, just, I find it very exciting. And as a fun fact, our lovely general manager, Doug, also trained me to be a cashier. I just did some quick math, and I think that's 90 or so board meetings Yeah, at three hours each. I did miss one for bronchitis, <laughs> but I have been there pretty steadily. That's really dedicated. Yeah, and, I, and the whole COVID period where we were only virtual was really interesting, and we got some really fun technology out of that, and we adapted, and I thought that was very... While difficult, I was really proud of everybody for sticking with it and figuring out how to make it happen and still making really important decisions for the co-op and the community while not being able to really relate on a face-to-face basis. It was pretty impressive. So it's pretty safe to say that we have a lot to talk about when it comes to the co-op because we've been around for a long time. It's become like some part of our really solid and rooted relationships kind of revolve around the co-op. Absolutely. And so we've had these important conversations in and around the store, in and around the boardroom, and so many people have said, oh, that's so amazing that you know that. You know, you should talk about that, or you should give this presentation, or you, you know, have to share this knowledge in some way. And here we are finally actually doing that. It's really exciting. Recording it and sending it out into the world. To share it, because from my perspective, the cooperative business structure isn't talked about enough. Uh, There are people who believe that the cooperative business structure is really a radical economic model. Mm -hmm. And part of me feels like that's too lofty of a phrase. And the other part of me knows that the cooperative business model isn't taught in business schools in the United States. It's not taught in high schools. It's not taught in colleges. You cannot get a master's in cooperative business and so that does make me think that there is something about it that the great institutions of capitalism don't want people to know about cooperative business they will teach sole proprietorship businesses partnership businesses corporations s corporations but they don't teach about cooperative business so to me that means that it's the people's job to talk about cooperative business if we see that it's you know a good thing for our communities and for ourselves as workers. And so I think that we're gonna take this opportunity on this program to talk about cooperatives as individual businesses, to talk about cooperatives, how they share the same values and the same principles, but also to talk about our local co-op, which is the Belfast Community Co-op, as we go through big transitions, which include renovating the entire store Mm -hmm. and, you know, opening up new parts of our store next year. The Cooperative Statement of Identity says that a co-op is an autonomous association of persons united voluntarily to meet their common economic, social, and cultural needs and aspirations through a jointly owned, democratically controlled enterprise. Basically, the first cooperative business was recognized in 1752 in the United States. It was a mutual fire insurance corporation started by Benjamin Franklin. I did not know that. Cooperation, though, is not new. Humans have been cooperating together since we decided to live in groups. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can hunt. Not everybody can cook. 
So we all need each other in some way or another. Over the next several decades from 1752 on, there were a lot of agricultural cooperative businesses, but they really started to take hold in the late 1800s. The Rochdale pioneers are known as the first cooperative, the first consumer cooperative business. Cooperatives really began to take shape in the late 18th century as people moved from farms to cities. They were no longer able to grow their own food, and they relied on privately owned stores. I have a quick question. To provide their nourishment. What's a consumer cooperative? A consumer cooperative is a group of people who come together to amplify their buying power in in the economy. Are there cooperatives that are not consumer cooperatives? There are cooperatives that are not consumer cooperatives. So there are agricultural cooperatives, there are worker cooperatives, and we certainly will take other programs to dive into all of those different models because there are also cooperatives where they're housing cooperatives Mm -hmm. where people collectively own the land and own the buildings. I'd love to give a shout out to my credit union. It's a cooperative. Hey. So when people came together to support each other in the newly industrialized times, they also came up with some cooperative principles to align themselves for what makes them different. How do they all work together? And those cooperative principles, which we will dive into individually in other programs, are open and voluntary membership, democratic member control, member economic participation, autonomy and independence, education, training, and information, cooperation among cooperatives, and concern for community. Mm, I love it. The last thing that I was going to talk about today are all of the different businesses that particularly folks from the United States will be familiar with that maybe they didn't know were co-ops. Yeah. So Ace Hardware is a co-op. I did not know that. The Associated Press is a cooperative business. Also did not know that. Credit unions, like you said before, are cooperative businesses. Ocean Spray is a grower cooperative. Land of Lakes Dairy is also a grower cooperative. REI, which is Recreational Equipment Equipment Incorporated, is a co-op. Sunkissed Growers is an agricultural co-op. And Tillamook is an agricultural co-op. And while electric co-ops are not as common as they were during the Depression, a lot of states still have co-ops that you can buy into that will distribute your electricity. And that is a brief overview of cooperative business. Now, Emily is going to give a specific overview of (laughs) our cooperative business. Well, our cooperative was actually started, its origins are in a buying club, or actually many buying clubs, depending on who you speak to. The primary buying club that you hear about is one that was started out in Liberty, Liberty or Montville, again, depending on who you talk to. The folks who were doing that at the time got very excited about putting the goods that they were getting and distributing into a storefront, which made it work really well because if you are ordering bulk items, which is what these orders would be, you're getting 50 pounds, 25 pounds, entire wheels of cheese, etc., of all of these goods that you want. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, one, you have the place to store it, or that you want to spend all of your money on 50 pounds of flour. So being able to break it up and distribute it throughout the community worked really well for a while, 
but putting it in a storefront meant that whatever wasn't claimed of each part of what was being purchased wholesale could then be sold to people who were not actually part of the buying club. So it was a very loose business at the beginning. Nobody was really named as a manager. Everybody volunteered and people would drive to Boston to pick up the food and people learned how to cut wheels of cheese and bagged up bulk. And I think it's very sweet and easy to romanticize what that was like. And I do enjoy thinking about it. A simpler time. Indeed, indeed, with a lot of work. (laughs) Uh, But it became popular. And so when they had, you know, the original storefront was very small. It is still very small. It's still there on Upper Main Street. But it was a very exciting time in 1987 when they moved from the original storefront down to um, what is currently the green store. Once they started operating out of that business or business location, the cooperative was able to grow a little bit more. They could bring in more products. They got their infamous crockpots, which started the deli. Um, They would have daily soups. Of course, they got their cat, Crosby, which is kind of a major historical figure (laughs) in the Belfast community co-op history. Again, it was growing in popularity and in size. And so in the early 90s, they opted to move into the location that we have now. Looking at pictures, it was also really exciting. There was an entire florist section where they sold cut flowers. In the new, when they moved when into they their moved, new store. Yes. Because they had so much space. Because they had so much space, which is very funny to think about now because I feel like when you walk into our store now, it is very tight. Which because I, we've grown. Because we've grown. Because people do want to shop there. So there's a lot of things that have happened to our store between when we moved in in uh, 1993 and 30 years later. <laughs> In 2023, which I know a lot of people listening will remember the various changes, and there's a lot more changes to come. In July 2022, so this was just last summer, the board did approve the renovation project, and so we're going to get a facelift, an entire store facelift. How many years had the board been trying to come up with a project to improve the store? since before you and I worked at the co-op. And that's just from talking to former general managers and owners talking about, oh yeah, well, they were gonna renovate this or they were gonna renovate that, but then they put it off or the plans fell through for whatever reason. And so in our time being at the co-op, really I think plans started in 2016. That's when I remember we were having owner forums and discussing what we wanted the future of the co-op to be. I know the board was taking a very serious look at what they wanted the future of the co-op to be, doing a lot of uh, visioning. And there was some pretty grand plans in that. I remember it was a four-story, brand-new building with affordable housing and community space, a teaching kitchen, Uh, Perhaps even a rooftop brewery. Oh, yes. All of that. (laughs) But as the years went on um, and tests like structural analysis was done, um, financial analysis was done, really that that grand plan wasn't feasible, which 
I think it made a lot of people very sad. I might be looking at one of them. <laughs> so what we've come up with, what has been approved and what will be done is not the ideal, but it is what is feasible and it is also what is rational and reasonable and needed. We are doing renovations to the store, a store that was built in the 60s and has not had any major upgrades since then. These are safety issues. They're... They're common sense issues. Yes, absolutely. Everybody wants to have safe electrical. <laughs> you just don't think about it, you but you don't. really do want it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, better plumbing. We love our, our roof not to leak. And I think really everybody who works at the co-op has a really soft spot in their hearts for the new hydraulic lift that will be located at the back of the store. It sure beats hauling boxes up and down the stairs. Yeah, or using a forklift to lift a pallet to the second floor. It's all doable and has been done for decades now. And yet we don't have to continue doing that. We can make this upgrade and improve the safety and efficiency and lives of our workers. And that's really exciting. And it's one of those things that I remind myself that one of the reasons why the store wants to be a great employer and a great mm -hmm. place to shop is because the better run we are, the more that we can provide space for farmers and producers to sell their goods, but the better we can do for our community. Absolutely. The more resources that we have, the more resources we can put back out there to the people who need them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. I'm very excited. And so I should also tell you, hand in hand with planning the renovation, the board had also planned a capital campaign. And as I'm sure everybody is aware, because everybody was contacted, and by everybody I mean all of our owners, that campaign ran from January 16th through April 16th. It is now concluded. Um, we were asking for $1.5 million in owner loans and donations, and we have hit our target. And exceeded it. <laughs> and exceeded it. I feel a little giddy about it because you and I were both on the capital campaign team doing the work. Yeah. Hi, I'm Alessandra. I probably emailed you. <laughs> hi, I'm Emily. I was your loan closer. <laughs> It's so much money, but I think more than the, you know, the money is helpful. That helps us spend less with the bank. It helps us feel more secure when we have to pre-order refrigeration that won't be here for, you know, many, many months. But I think the community support that we felt with people who said like, absolutely, I want to loan you money. I cannot wait to invest in this community anchor of downtown. That is really the part that helped me feel like my job and my commitment to the co-op were really meaningful and really wonderful. There are mm -hmm. so many stories from owners who are just excited that what this means is that the co-op is committed to continuing to be here. Yes, it's true. And mm. makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. As some maybe our Bangor Daily News readers read, we will have a groundbreaking ceremony on May 15th. Mm -hmm. It won't be super visible on May 15th that we are starting construction because construction is starting in the back of the building and in the basement of the building. Mm -hmm. But we will slowly be working our way up to the sales floor. We do intend to stay open the whole time that we're working on the store. At the end of it, the cafe will reopen. 
and Shop For Me, which is our online shopping program where you can pick your groceries up curbside, will be expanded and improved because that's a service that a lot of folks in town like to take advantage of. I don't know if you guys know this, but we're very excited. So excited. (laughs) We love the co-op. We do. It's crazy that we love it so much, but we just do. Well, we've talked a lot about the history and the cooperative model, but realistically, a lot of the draw of the co-op is the community. Most of my friends in this area I have met because of being at the co-op. People recognize me. They'll be like, I know you, but where from? And I'll look at them and say, the co-op? And they say, oh, yeah. My favorite joke is that my last name is from the (laughs) (laughs) co-op. It's not an ideal place in the sense that nothing is ideal. But it is a good place. If you go there... It becomes your place. And I think that I could wax poetic about the co-op, but realistically, that's not what we're here for, 100%. We also want to give you information. So as Alessandra just said, we have a groundbreaking on May 15th. It's at 1 p.m. We do plan on using our time here on the radio to give you updates about what is happening in the store as the renovation moves forward. This will be a monthly program. We'll have more information next month about how the episodes will get laid out. The next board meeting is May 24th. It will be held at 6 p.m. We are doing both. um, It's a hybrid meeting, so you can join either in person or via Zoom. I'm not sure where it is going to be held um, at this point, but you can find that information on our website. And social media. Look up Belfast Community Co-op. You can find our website. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We do have a newsletter that goes out every two weeks. So you can go onto our website and sign up for that. And all of the information about how to get involved or updates on the renovation or questions that you have can go through the website and go through our e-news. How handy. I know. It's like someone put that together. (laughs) It's been a pleasure being with you today. We hope that you will join us next month. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to installment number one of Smooth Cooperator from the Belfast Community Co-op, hosted by Alessandra Martinelli and Emily Berry, produced at the facilities of Belfast Community Radio.